Well, it's pretty clear to most people that if you have a Christian faith and you hold biblical values, especially around marriage and sexuality and abortion, you are public enemy number one and must be shut down. It's no longer possible to sit on the fence and expect reasonableness and tolerance for your views. The new religion of diversity and inclusion and equity, DIE, only goes in one direction. And it's definitely not in yours and mine. Uh, in the words of respected commentator Dr. Michael Brown, you must bow at the altar or else. You cannot graciously disagree. You cannot respectfully opt out. Instead, you must deny your convictions, rewrite the Bible, run roughshod over your faith and publicly celebrate something you believe to be wrong. Otherwise, you're a crass human being and a small-minded bigot. Those are your only choices. And here's three recent examples. So example number one is professional National Hockey League player Ivan Provorov. I think it's how you say it, Provorov. Gosh, that's a mouthful, Pro Provorov. Let's try that, Provorov. And uh, he was the only member of the Philadelphia Flyers who refused to wear a rainbow-coloured jersey ahead of Tuesday night's annual Pride game against the Anaheim Ducks. This is a, was just at the end of last year. And during a media scrum following the matchup, Provorov told journalists that his Russian Orthodox beliefs prevented him from participating in the pre-game exercises. He said, I respect everyone. I respect everyone's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. And when pressed by multiple reporters for further comment, uh, the veteran, he's been in it seven years, he said, that's all I'm going to sway say. He swatted away an additional question by saying, can you respect my views? I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. Yeah, if you have any hockey questions. In other words, if someone identifies as LGBTQ, that's their business and he respects that. He has his own religious beliefs which dictate how he lives and he would ask others to respect that. Live and let live. But that's not good enough. ESPN hockey writer, and ESPN is far left when it comes to these issues, uh, the hockey writer Greg Wyshynski unleashed a torrent of pro-social justice tweets aimed at Provorov's supporters whom he labelled homophobes. Sports Illustrated's Mike Stevens called Provorov disgusting. And sports and comedy writer Rachel Melanta was even more blunt calling Provorov ignorant, obnoxious and homophobic and referring to people like him as bigots who hide behind their cherry-picked religion. You've got to love this diversity and tolerance and equity, eh? By the way, you've probably heard of the Manly Seven and their refusal to wear a pride jersey also. That was in the media. But I bet you've never heard of Hanines Rika from the Australian AFL team or Senegalese's Indrisa Gay, who plays football for Paris Saint-Germain. They too didn't want to wear the Pride logo, but they're Muslim. Diversity, inclusion and equity seem to have an exemption clause for Muslim beliefs. Or maybe Muslims hold fast to their beliefs, whatever the consequence. And maybe Christians can learn from that. Here's another example. 
This was in the American Conservative at the end of last year also. In a column in the Wall Street Journal, Robin Keller, who was a partner at Hogan Lovell's big law firm, wrote about being fired from the firm after a distinguished career of 44 years. Now, she wasn't fired for intermingling funds or violating confidentiality of clients. No, she was fired because she exercised free speech in an internal meeting on the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. Ah, the case that overturned Roe v. Wade. And the case which upset every pro-abortion advocate who can't figure out that an unborn child is still a human being. Now, after Keller expressed her support for the opinion and concern about higher rates of abortions in the black community, a participant complained that she could not breathe and others called her a racist. She was later suspended and reportedly fired. Now, her column is not paywalled at the Wall Street Journal, so you should read it. I'll put a link in the description. It's actually worse than it seems. Let me read a little extract. Everybody else who spoke on the call was unanimous in her, their anger and outrage about Dobbs, the case that overturned Roe v. Wade. I spoke up to offer a different view. I noted that many jurists and commentators believed Roe had been wrongly decided. I said that the court was right to remand the issue to the states. I added that I thought abortion rights advocates had brought much of the pushback against Roe on themselves by pushing for extreme policies. I referred to numerous reports of disproportionately high rates of abortion in the black community, which some have called a form of genocide, and I said I thought this was tragic. The outrage was immediate. The next speaker called me a racist and demanded that I leave the meeting. Other participants said they lost their ability to breathe on hearing my comments. After more of the same, I hung up. Someone made a formal complaint to the firm. Later that day, Hogan Lovell suspended my contracts, cut off my contact with the clients, removed me from email and document systems, and emailed all US personal saying, personnel saying that a forum participant had made anti-black comments and was suspended pending an investigation. The firm also released a statement to the legal website above the law bemoaning the devastating impact my views had on participants in the forum, most of whom were lawyers participating in a call convened expressly for the purpose of discussing a controversial legal and political topic. Someone leaked my name to the press. Yep, they denounced her to the entire firm as a racist for having said that a disproportionate number of black babies die by abortion and that this is a bad thing. These are woke snowflake lawyers who are traumatised because a colleague expressed a dissenting view of abortion, a view held by millions of other Americans as well as many ju judges and justices, and a view that's been expressed widely in the media, including by African-American and female commentators. And this is going to keep happening until and unless we fight back. And it's time to push back. One more quick one. And this was three days before Christmas when it was sort of uh, publicised in the media. A charity volunteer was arrested after she told police she might be praying silently when they asked why she was standing on a public street near an abortion facility. Isabel Vaughan Spruce, she's the director of the UK March for Life, was standing near an abortion clinic in Birmingham, in an area that's a censorship zone. And police approached her after an onlooker complained she might be praying outside the abortion facility. And Birmingham's authorities have established a buffer zone around abortion clinics, which makes it illegal, illegal for an individual 
to engage in any act or attempted act of approval or disapproval as it relates to abortion and includes verbal or written means like prayer or counselling. <laughs> Illegal to approve of abortions? I doubt if the police would be chasing that up. So she has been criminalised for thinking and for praying in a public space in the UK. Now, I'll show you the arrest. The clip shows a woman silently standing on the curb across from an abortion clinic as the police approach her. One asks why she's standing there and responds that she's there because of the abortion clinic. She says she's not part of any arrest. The officer, you'll hear, it's a bit hard to hear, but you'll hear him say, are you praying? To which she responds, I might be praying in my head. The officer then asks if she'd be willing to go to the station for questioning. She says, if I've got a choice, then no. And he then says, you're under arrest. Uh, so let's have a watch of that clip. What, what are you here for today? Uh, physically, I'm just standing here. Okay. Why, why here of all places? I know you, you don't live nearby. But this is an abortion centre. Okay, that's why you're still is, is you standing here part of the protest? No, I'm not are you, protesting. Are you, are you praying? I, I might be praying in my head. I might be praying in my head. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you once more, will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions about today and other days where there are allegations that you've broken public spaces protection? Uh, if I've got a choice, then no. Okay, well then you're under arrest. I can't suspicion of failing to comply with the public space. Yep, you're under arrest. Uh, and here is the criminal. Uh, I say that very sarcastically. She's actually trying to save the lives of both babies and women. Tuesday, the 6th of December, I was arrested outside an abortion centre in Birmingham for silently praying. So I'd been there three times previously outside a closed abortion centre. Um, now, just to make it clear, there's a censorship zone, a PSPO around this abortion centre, which um, does... Um, prohibits certain activities like protesting. So when the police came, they asked me if I was protesting. I made it clear to them I wasn't protesting. Um, they asked me if I was praying, and I said I might be silently praying. Um, and on that basis, they they arrested me. They did a full body search on the pavement, including thoroughly searching through my hair, um, confiscating everything out of my pockets, including my tissues. Um, and I was then escorted down to the police station, um, locked in a cell for a few hours, and then interviewed by two police officer officers. So the officers wanted to know in the interview what I was, was I praying? And, and again, I, I told them I was praying. They wanted to know what I was praying about. Um, I remember telling the police officers that I was praying for people like my friend Amy, who was raped and became pregnant as a consequence and was pressured into having an abortion which she later deeply regretted. I was praying for people like my friend Natalia who after taking abortion pills ended up passing her child at home down the toilet which she saw her child and has now traumatized her for life. Um, for people like my friend Kirsty, I told them who passed her child after taking abortion tablets in her own bed and on lifting up the bedclothes saw what she described as a scene out of a horror movie. Isn't that incredible? What were you praying? Now, you may have been aware of this case, but you may not know the latest. According to the Washington Times last week, the case has been discontinued by local pro, uh, prosecutors. 
though the char uh, charges could be revived. Her lawyers from the Alliance Defending Freedom in the UK say that it leaves Isabel in significant legal uncertainty and her priority is to obtain legal clarity on liability for future charges. Now, New Zealand has a similar law. So you can protest outside a gas industry conference or a fossil fuel conference, a rodeo, a political party conference, but don't you dare pray outside or even think about vulnerable women entering an abortion facility. 1984, anybody? Have you uh, got the message yet? You cannot graciously disagree. You cannot respectfully opt out. You cannot sit on the fence. As uh, our board member Bruce Logan says, subject to diversity, inclusion, equity, the state believes and preaches the sovereignty of identity politics. That human beings are self-creating, self-affirming creatures. Marriage is what the state says it is. Abortion is an absolute right. Unbelievers must be silenced. Oh, by the way, last week, Sonny Bill Williams, who's a Muslim, tweeted an offensive tweet. This one, a transphobic tweet. He agreed that children should not be medically and surgically experimented on with gender ideology. It's a woman who said that she was glad her parents uh, used their common sense and didn't buy into her view that she wanted to be a boy. Uh, unlike the mass media coverage of Israel Falau's uh, tweeting, there was a handful of media stories and pretty lame at that. I mean, remember the wall-to-wall -wall coverage of Israel Folau? I mean, heck, even the following day, LGBT politicians wanted to be pictured with Sonny Bill just the day after this transphobic tweet. Uh, it shows that it's not necessarily what's said that's the problem. It's the underlying faith that's got that's the target. Have you got the picture yet? It's up to you and me whether we stay silent. I'm not. I hope you won't either.